Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And Julie Harris, it is October the 12th. Yes, indeed. Mid-October, and it is Tuesday. So I have a confession for you. What's that? I'm still recovering from uh, last week. Oh, me too. <laughs> what an event, right? We were in Miami. Uh, some of you came to visit us. There were 300 people in the room. It was a C5 event, um, which is a Hispanic uh, organization that's the best described as something that is extraordinary. And if you're in and around Miami or really anywhere in the world and you're a Hispanic real estate professional, whereas in, you know Spanish is your prominent and preferred language, you got to be looking into C5 because it's like nothing I've ever experienced before. I totally could not agree with you more. And the energy and enthusiasm was, I, I've never been in a real estate event where you had to tell people to cut back on the energy and enthusiasm. Seriously, that is what it was like 100% of the time, all three days. Yeah, they would get up and dance for no particular reason. Of course, they were. it was all in Spanish, right? So yeah. we don't know. Maybe there was a really good reason to get up and well, dance. Well, so, I, I got about 50% of it. They okay. were mostly celebrating success at different levels and people's accomplishments. And I thought that was fantastic. But, man, did they like to celebrate. Yeah, at, at lunch, <laughs> we, we put a, a video. You guys got to see this. It's, it's just hilarious. <laughs> at lunch, they uh, you know have lunch. Then, of course, guess what they like to do? They like to party. So they're having a dance in the room, and there's music playing. And it was like celebratory. Celebratory, let's just say it that way. But there's a someone uh, took a video of Julie and I just standing there. And we, and we look like, I don't know, two people that are trying to stand upright dur it, it, like during a real ferocious tsunami or something. Because <laughs> exactly. we're just around this sort of storm of humanity all dancing and just, you know, mm -hmm. to this music. Of course, we didn't understand. Well, you probably did. Some of it. But, but, but anyway. Yeah, what a fantastic event. It was also largely educational. It was. That's what it was based on. It's, edu you know, it's called uh, C5 because the, each C stands for something. And the first one is coaching. But you definitely want to check that out, especially, again, if you're Hispanic. And uh, it was uh, provided by the Montiel organization. For all of you who've met for the first time at that event, it was a real pleasure and honor to meet you. And thank you for inviting us. And we look forward to seeing you again in April because guess what? We're seeing all of you in Miami again in April as well. So moving forward, we're going to be talking about something this week that is um, something that I think a lot of you, obviously all of you are going to be aware of this, but not a lot of you necessarily understand it. And it really is what social media should be and shouldn't be in your business. And the social media, obviously, all this is the one of the biggest, most popular conversations in the real estate uh, halls of education. Everyone likes to talk about it as some sort of replacement for real communication. Everyone likes to talk about it as some sort of, or at least present it to you as some sort of silver bullet to doing the real work of real estate. And what we're going to do today, and what we're going to do this week, is we're going to position social media in such a way that you'll understand what it is as a practical tool, and then you decide whether or not you actually want to use it. Because unlike, for example, proactive lead generation, social media really is optional, at least if you're going to engage at the highest level. So social media is something that uh, is we obviously have been participating in, in a long time. We had one of the you know we had I think a Facebook generation one Facebook page. Julie and I signed up for Twitter like three days after they started issuing public accounts. Uh, Tim and Julie Harris .com, our URL. I think we bought that in 1997 or 96 maybe even when they first started selling public URLs. 
So we've been uh, into internet marketing and lead generation, social networking, and all this stuff since its onset. But we never saw it for what a lot of people hoped it would be, which is, again, a replacement for the real work of real estate. What Julie and I are going to be doing this week is we're going to go through this methodically, and we're going to explain to you uh, and maybe more detail than you want to have, but you need to have this information so, again, you can make an educated decision on what you want to be doing with this information, social media on a whole. And you, again, decide at what level you want to engage or if you want to engage at all. So, Julie, when we are, when you were putting mm-hmm. uh, these notes together, yes. and we worked on this together a lot for the last you know, mm-hmm. two or three days, what was the dominant takeaway mm-hmm. you had? Like, you know, and again, and then we'll get to uh, part one, but what was the dominant takeaway you had just so we can sort of condition these yeah, guys to what to expect? Question. I think that my dominant thought was that you can go really surface on it and kind of do what most people do, I think, and just post now and then when you think about it, uh, the content that you think about at the time you think about it. Or you can really study it and drill down and do a deep dive into getting more out of that if possible. But that's it, you know, that's not something that you can just really throw together. This has become the management of social media, whether you do it yourself, I have a second title to this, or which is what does a social media manager do anyway, right? That's a job. If you want to really deep dive and and systematize it. So you can stay as surface or you can deep dive as much as you want to, but I think there's a lot to it. I think it's something to be studied and uh, polished. So you can take social media based on what you just said. You can look at it as um, you can. You, well, we were on the when we were flying to Miami, mm-hmm. right? And we were in seats one A and one B or two A and two B or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And sitting right next to us was Logan Paul. Right. And Logan Paul is this huge social media influencer. He was the guy that recently fought uh, Floyd Mary Mayweather. Yeah. But prior to that, I'm about to sneeze. Prior to that, he was a big social yeah. media influencer. Bless you. Bless me. And he, um, so it was funny to see him sitting next to us in um, the uh, on the plane because he has made his oaths being a social media megastar, basically. For sure. And anyone who's younger than us, frankly, probably anyone that's younger than us, minus about ten years, (laughs) know knows who Logan Paul and his brother are. You guys can look him up. You guys can look him up. And then across the street from us, we just discovered that (laughs) this was kind of funny. That the uh, what were they? Bachelor and Bachelorette. Bachelor and Bachelorette. I don't remember their show. names. Yeah, we've met them a bunch of times. We didn't know who they were, and our neighbor told us that they're the Bachelor and Bachelorette. From we just thought they were oddly good-looking humans. Yeah, oddly, exactly. <laughs> like, who are they? Kind of unnecessarily attractive exactly. people, and we saw them walking around. But though that we, uh, when our neighbor told us who they were, we looked them up, and of course they're really all over social media and after their show. So here's what we're trying to say. There are, to Julie's point, there are extremes in which you can take this. You can go where you're just creating, and again, we're going to get into the weeds on this. You don't need to be intimidated by what we're saying because we're going to give you a pathway forward. And the pathway is to A, not do anything with it. That is an option. Pathway B is do very, very little with it where you just have like a, a Facebook business page and you have a basic profile on Instagram. And really all you're doing is building your profiles and all these social networking platforms so that you're searchable. And I think option C, there's probably something in between B and C, but option C is if you just decide to go all out and you know be a, some sort of social media superstar, which really is, um, I, we know other people too that live here. Tons. Yeah. That are that basically make a lot of money from YouTubers, social media. YouTubers and kids that are Jay House, they, mm-hmm. the Jeremy and his family, they live nearby. We see them yep. practically every day. Uh, there's, 
there's this other family, and we trust me, guys. We live in a weird area of Puerto Rico, but there's this other family that uh, ninja kids, right? Uh, I know. So he just really that those are like her idols. Yeah, but it's so hilarious. There's this family. How many kids is it? Five. I think there's five. Right, this family of five kids, and their parents videotape them, and they've got this whole channel. Just Google it. Go on YouTube and watch Ninja Kids. Well, I wouldn't necessarily watch it if you don't want to lose some IQ points, but know that it's there. And they're making like it's a thing. They're they're making lots of money doing because they get a lot of people watching. There's kids, you know, that are Zoe's age that watch it just like we used to watch, you know, the Cosby Show, right? And so that's really the other end of the spectrum. So somewhere in there, yeah. to to nothing to you wanting to be an all-out media, a social media superstar. That's really the broad swath of different pathways you can uh, you can right. adopt going forward. Um, and we're going to give you some rules. We're going to tell you some things that you shouldn't do, things you should do. And so get ready to take some notes. This is going to be a very in-depth, deep dive into social media and really a practical, tactical approach, which I think all of you have come to expect from us. That's right. So this is largely to expose you to all of the different bits and pieces, what it is, how it works, and to kind of hit it middle of the road. We're, in, we're not having a podcast about how to turn you into a YouTuber or anything like that. This is more for the use of your business purposes. So how to manage your social media. And, you know, if you do choose to hire a social media manager, what would you even hold them accountable to? So what are the pieces and parts that have to work together for a successful media presence? We're going to split this out day by day with different uh, themes. Today is part one, communication. So point A, communication is key. This is what social media actually is. It's an additional way to communicate with your friends, your center of influence, your prospects, clients, and professional relationships. You should personally be efficient and professional at communicating effectively with all of these different types of people, all these different categories. Now, if you hire somebody else, you'll have to ensure that they can do this for you and do it in a way that's appropriate to who you are. So let's put that first point in context. Um, so we're going to Social media is in between mass media, sort of traditional media, and direct communication. So you got proactive direct communication. Let's call that picking up the phone, making calls, meeting people in real life, things like that. So it's real direct, hello, how do you do conversations? And then you have mass media, which is taking out ads. Social media is somewhere in between. Because what social media is doing is if you do it effectively, it does provide similar advantages of both of, of mass media because, again, you can have a mass exposure and direct communication. It's not as effective as mass media and it's nowhere near as effective as direct communication. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to this topic and you're already feeling overwhelmed, as some of you will, just the very topic or the very thought of having you know Tim and Julie tell you you should pursue this, understand that if you have to choose to be really good at one thing, it's going to be the direct communication. Because at the, end of, at the end of the day, that is and always will be the most effective way to get business and you know build any sort of sustainable real estate practice. Yes, and interestingly, while I was doing this research, I came across several articles, some of them uh, Psychology Today, Discover Magazine, just ver various uh, different resources. And they were all stating that there is a noticeable degradation in people's ability to speak in person. And they were many of them blaming lockdown and COVID and things like that. And that people are actually studying the uh, change in communication style after COVID. And I, I also am working on, after this podcast week, I'm working on an article related to that. I'm sorry, a podcast related to that, which is all about post-COVID manners hmm. because all of that has changed and people are studying that as well. Like, is it appropriate to ask if somebody has vaccine or not? And what's the appropriate handshake? And all these things that have changed, but one of them is communication. So I'll tell you what the appropriate yeah. uh, communication is if you're in Miami. 
It's a hug. <laughs> it's a hug. You're gonna get a hug. There is and no a fist. Party. There is no partying. fist bump. Yeah. Oh well, but Julie, also um, there were there. There's different articles that I've been scanning. You and I have talked about this. Yeah. They're worried about kids wearing masks at school yes. and not being able to form the uh, ability to read micro expressions from people's mm-hmm. faces because their faces are covered. And that's something all of us take for granted. You don't even know you're doing it, but your subconscious mind is picking up the un- unconscious facial expressions of the person you're communicating with. And that's the reason, ultimately, if you have a problem communicating with people on the phone, calling people, if maybe you have an accent or whatever, you- you're going to be a thousand times more effective if you go and look at them face to face because subconsciously you're, mic- you're reading their micro expressions and they're reading yours. Maybe you can't convey your energy, enthusiasm, and maybe you know in real life you're a very likable person over the phone for for some reason mm-hmm. it just doesn't come off well if you go and talk to that same person they know th- they'll love you because you know you have that skill set that's the thing that they're worried that's going to yes. be lost with these um sort of in the masking but also now we're talking about with the social networking especially exactly. for the younger generation exactly a lot of the kids that are coming up today by kids i mean 20s and whatnot they're they haven't learned the skill set and they're going to be in a disadvantage for the older generation or even that the their generation that are learning how to have direct mm-hmm. effective communications that are willing to learn how to have conversations outline conversation outline aka scripted conversations yes. in a sales environment those people are going to have the unfair advantage mm-hmm. not the people that know how to make a really good tick talk video to your original point if you have to choose be good communicating in person and furthermore Mm -hmm. if it's interesting too if you take all this in consideration it's very reasonable to expect or or to have the expectation rather that people who know how to effectively communicate face-to-face or over the phone Mm -hmm. will have an enormous unfair advantage in the marketplace not just selling but in life in general for sure because everyone else is so used to throwing out a gift uh you know to express yeah. their emotions, right? Exactly. They're not used to actually using words to express their emotions. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think you're going to hear more about this because it's being heavily studied right now. It is fascinating, so it, it really is. So, okay, so back to our theme of communication uh, with the social media. Typical things you must be good at to be effective communicating on social. Okay, so there's three mini points here to work on. Uh, first one is identify current events which are interesting and impactful to your social followers. Housing news, mortgage news, inventory trends, new construction. Provide something of value consistently. And I I might throw on also maybe something entertaining. We know that people like to read about celebrity housing, for example, but but things that might be affecting them. So what's happening with mortgage news and inventory trends? And what about that new construction area around the corner? Things that your followers should be caring about with regards to real estate. I would be careful using, uh, I don't know really how far this goes, but... Julie mentioned celebrity news. Don't use copywritten pictures, uh, for example, on Instagram. Yeah, be very, very careful of using any copywritten pictures. And you can assume any picture you find on Google News or all any of these other outlets, or I'm sorry, Google Images or any of these other outlets, they're copywritten. Even though they're available there, don't think that you want, might not run afoul of somebody who owns a copyright on that image. So do not be using uh, scraped pictures off the internet for your social media. That will, you know, we've had that problem happen twice. Um, and maybe three times mm-hmm. in the past, however, 15 years, where some contractor that was working for us used without us knowing a copywritten picture, and we had to end up paying some sort of settlement. Yeah, and it was all very innocuous. You never would have thought anything about it, but it was how he went about doing it that got. Yeah, some of the pictures you never would have. It's like, how the hell did that picture have a copyright? You know, it's crazy, some right. of the things. But anyway, so just, just be, be very, careful. Just be very careful about that, because even though if you're posting on Instagram, for example, a picture. Of, or reposting a picture 
of say some celebrity and um, that picture was originally scraped from you know some sort of uh, photographer's copywritten website with their images and you repost it you're actually going to be liable for the use of that image for your social media exactly okay so next understand all of your different tools and use them video pictures gifs testimonials etc so not just static you know word posts but understand all of your different tools Next is, and I think this is really important, have an actual content strategy. Sporadic updating on random topics is not really a plan. So you've got to ask yourself, what are you trying to accomplish? Some things that I jotted down, I'm sure you're going to have some thoughts on this too. What should your content strategy be? Well, lead generation would be the obvious one, but community engagement, expanding your center of influence, engaging online to engage in real life. IRL. As the kids say. As the IRL. kids say, yes. Yes, but you know, what should their content strategy be? Let's say somebody wants to dabble in this, then maybe they don't want to be, you know, a YouTube star, but they, they want to enhance what they're doing online. Would you add anything to that for the, as far as their content strategy? What are they actually trying to accomplish? Well, you're, you're keeping this very professional, which I appreciate. The one thing I would personally add, because there are people that we follow on Instagram, mm -hmm. and we follow them mostly because of their uh, what they do for a living, because we're interested in have this say, mm -hmm. but the article or the content when they post something that's of more of a personal nature is always more interesting mm -hmm. than if they're yeah. drawing on about their usual topic. And you and I, you and I are interested in a whole wide variety of things intentionally, right? Mm -hmm. We go out of our wheelhouse to do physicists and all kinds of weird things that just to keep our brains, um, you know, elastic. And uh, yeah, and when they post a picture of their cat eating their pencil while they're trying to write some dissertation, that's kind of fascinating. Yes. It's fun. It's good to sprinkle that in it and is. keep it real, right? You are a real person after all. Okay, so point you know you can tell that when we screw something up on the podcast that proves that it was live like the dog barks or something or my sneezing or when we're on Facebook live and you know we have whatever little glitch people do like to see that you're dealing with real world things just like they do well the, so just so. if you want to drill down on what you just said yeah. when on Instagram mm -hmm. our the things that people uh, consume the most of our content are just little videos that we created that are only like 15 or 20 seconds yeah. long of you and I going on a walk and like you know, a the, hermit, exactly. hermit crab we, rescue we mission. saved a hermit crab we were out driving around last uh, a couple nights ago and it was a you know beautiful evening it wasn't too hot and we drove our golf cart around and Julie sees this huge what looked like an enormous rock in the road and it wasn't it was a hermit crab the size of her hand this thing was huge it was the biggest one we've ever seen before and I'm not saying Julie has big hands, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so it was we go like a tennis ball-sized hermit crab. Yeah, it was. And so we go and re you know rescue this guy, and we did a little video of us rescuing this guy and putting what well, could be a gal, I suppose. I suppose. What do we know? I, I mean, know. I didn't sex I the thing. <laughs> yeah. no, All right, that. come here, Mister Hermit Crab. We're going to check under the claw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that was a video that people really liked. Yeah. So for example, so to keep it real and sprinkle in some personal things there. All right. So that was all point A. Point B. This was interesting. How do you get yourself unfollowed? What screws this all up, okay? This was according to Sprout Social who studied this and put some percentages on it. And this is of people surveyed. 51% said that they will unfollow you due to irrelevant content. So if they signed up to follow you because maybe they want to see what's going on in the real estate world and you don't post about that or they somehow think you're irrelevant, you'll get unfollowed. 35% said too many promotional posts. To your point, don't make it all about real estate all the time. Have some hermit crab rescues if you must, for example. Okay, so this this is something we've talked about a lot. 34% said too political. I was, actually had another category, too political or social posting, social commentary posts. 
People really don't want to read about that stuff, guys, and it really doesn't have a place in your business. This is this is pertains to actually real estate professionals. Now, if you happen to follow, if you're a political, this isn't for any of you most likely, but if you happen to be somebody who's, you know, Ben Shapiro, for example, oh, and you're po- and you're posting political stuff, and you that's don't his wheelhouse, though. and you don't post political stuff, people, and he's posting too many pictures of hermit crabs, he'll get unfollowed. But <laughs> you guys, you know, just remember one of the things that Julie and I are big advocates of is being a Republican, right? You are you're both you're or you're neither. But the point is you avoid talking about politics. And the last little category of reasons that people will unfollow you, Julie. Twenty-nine uh, percent said, "quote They ignored my post likes, posts, likes, or comments." This is something that you can fix today. Don't just blow off when somebody says, "Gosh, you know that was a great article. Thank you for posting that. I didn't know that." Don't say nothing. The people don't like that after a while. Well, and that's the hard part. That's where you get into the weeds. So if you post something on, for example, Instagram, and it's something that somebody took the time to write a nice comment about or repost and all the rest of it. And if you don't overtly show appreciation for what they did because it does benefit you, then sometimes that can actually offend them to the point where they're going to unfollow you. This, again, is getting into the weeds and you're having to decide what end of the spectrum of uh, you know social media engagement you're going to have. Some of you, like I said, you're just going to go the I'm not interested in it, I'll pass on it route. Some of you are going to go, I'm going to you know try to become the greatest you know Instagram superstar. Somewhere in the middle probably is where most of you will um, – Land and just do remember that if you're going to be successful at this, you're going to have to be very careful that you not run off the people that you've fought so hard to get to follow you. And don't, here's, this is really hilarious, especially, I mean, we keep talking about Instagram because it's probably the most popular social media platform right now. Right now, could be changed tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Instagram, you can go out and buy followers. And a lot of people, agents in particular, that will brag about how many followers they have and they'll actually use that as a listing tool. If you get into their social media, if you get into their Instagram and you see that they have a bunch of followers from all over the world, that there's no way that, uh, you know, agent is attracting people from Tezakistan or whatever to talk about real estate in Peoria, Illinois. Mm -hmm. So they bought those followers. And so what's the point? Is it just to have these bragging right numbers? Well, I mean, no, it's about having a small group relatively small group of people that read your content, that are engaging with your content. And, you know, imagine if you're at, for example, a uh, Starbucks, right, or a party. And there's at some point, the group, the party's going to become so popular, it's going to be impossible for you to have a, any sort of even um, basic conversation with anyone in the room because there's going to be too many people, too much noise, too many things going on. So don't think the, the way you win at this, especially as a real estate professional, is to have billions of followers. Again, unless you're trying to become Logan Paul. And if you're not trying to become Logan Paul, then having a smaller, dedicated group of people that are listening to what you say and are actually engaging with what you say, people that are actually friends of yours that care about what you have to say, they could be first-degree friends, people you actually know, friends of the friends or friends of the friends of the friends. But as long as they're in the wheelhouse of your community and where you wish to sell real estate, then you're going to win because you're going to start, you know, essentially forcing yourself into their minds as being a reliable, relevant real estate professional. Well, one of the good byproducts of being decent at this, when you're posting a lot on your social and you're paying attention to some of these rules that we're laying out for you guys, is that when you, not if, but when you actually make those real world live calls to your past clients and centers of influence, they go so much more smoothly. If you know what's been going on with them, you t- pay attention to what they're posting. And, and likewise, too. Some of them exactly. are going to be real social media junkies. And they're going to be – when Julie and I got back from our trip around the country, the Harris U.S. tour, um, and a lot of you guys were following us on Instagram, we were running into people 
that had a we had to remind ourselves that we were posting like we were on Instagram in particular and people had this unusual I don't even know what the words are but they knew where we were they knew what we'd seen they were asking us questions and some of these people we only sort of knew we were just sitting at a restaurant and we started having a conversation with a really nice guy named Bill and he was asking us about Montana and I, my first thought was, how the hell do you know you're in Montana? And then I was, oh, yeah. So he must be somebody who was following yeah. us on Instagram. And I only kind of knew him. I had to have him remind me his name. But I knew him. I knew his wife, right? And so she watches some of Zoe's stuff, and I comment on her stuff. So that was like friend in the second degree. Right. That's way. the point. And so you, if you're really drilled down and you're in a community of, well, most of you are going to find a lot of success if you focus on a you know, relatively large geographic area and you are on the, you're relevant in the community because you're listing and selling homes. And then you're also, they're discovering you uh, on their social media feeds and they're starting to follow you and see you're, see you're a, a good contributor of content. Uh, then you're going to actually have a foot in the door, at least a mental foot or a foot in their mental door, if you guys understand. But none of this is ever going to replace direct communication, your ability to actually sell. You could have the best social media presence ever. You could have basically had something that was just next generation social media, beautiful pictures and the rest of it. But if you don't know how to overcome objections, if you don't know how to be competitive with winning a listing, if you don't know how to essentially create a you know solid set of USPs for your real estate business, it's all for naught. That's the reason that Julie and I We'll never say anything other than this. You have to be a proactively generate uh, generator. Part and parcel of being a proactively generator is learning how to sell. The word is sell. Sell is solving somebody else's problems. That's all selling is. You're solving a problem that they're willing to pay you to solve for them. That's what really, guys, that's selling is nothing more complicated than that. You're being of service to other people. That's what our coaching program is about. about. That's what our book is about. That's what all of our, you know, these podcasts are about, helping you guys to learn how to sell. Once you learn how to sell, once you're confident with how to say and how to say it, if you choose then to enhance your offline activities with online activities, aka social, that's going to make your um, effectiveness better, but it's not going to make it so that one day you can stop doing the offline direct communication, direct proactive prospecting lead generation uh, methods that we coach. Well, so what you're saying is it's not instead of, it's not a standalone. It's in addition to, to make everything else that you're doing in the real world better. Right. But it's a voluntary in addition to, because if you get really good, it's not required, but if you get really good and effective at the um, offline communication, the proactive lead generation, the things we teach primarily in our coaching program. Obviously, we teach a lot about social as well. But if you get if you get really good at that, then this stuff becomes ancillary. Yes, becomes less relevant to you. Yes. Okay, so is this a good place to wrap or should we do one more point? No, this is a good place to wrap because okay. now we're going to get even more into the weeds. So guys, here's what your homework from today's podcast is going to be. If you're on, if you're using social media now, um, how are you using it? Do a little social media audit yourself and just go check to see how many people have messaged you and you actually haven't messaged them back. See what your, decide what your level of commitment is going to be. Uh, And I'll give you essentially from today's podcast, here are your two options. Well, there are three options, but I really want you to focus on one of two. Either do nothing. Frankly, that is an option. You don't have to do, if you're, you know, I think of Chuck Williamson. He's uh, sold 182 houses. Uh, maybe he'll sell like 225, two, maybe 230 or 40 this year. And I had to teach him how to use Facebook. He didn't even know how to log in. He just doesn't have any need for social media. He gets all of his business from uh, direct proactively generation. And pretty much every uh, every major, uh, very successful long-term 
realtor in the United States, that's where they get direct, where they get primarily their business. After a while, and when they become sort of, um, when they have built the reputation of having, of being the person to go to when it comes to solving your problem, aka selling your house, then people do, will, they will start calling you opposed to you calling them but you never can stop actually doing the direct proactive lead generation. But let's just start there. You could do nothing. You can. That's option A. Option B is you can just build basic profiles. And all a profile is is opening up a Facebook uh, business account, putting your basic uh, information on there so then it gets indexed inside Google. You might want to do the same thing for Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, you might want to do the same thing for uh, Instagram. Instagram. What's the other one? That one where people put up pictures of Pinterest. Pinterest, yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are really the only ones that you should really focus too too much on creating profiles. And then the other end of it is going to be start creating media. Now, when you get to the starting the creation of media, we're going to talk about that. You can do it yourself. And if you're going to do it yourself, you're, we're going to give you some suggestions. Julie already did of what you can actually create. But you're going to have to do it on a schedule, and you're going to have to start working it into your daily uh, routine. Um, and you know, there's secrets to how much you post or how much you don't post. There's secrets to all that stuff. Or you can, frankly, you can hire someone to do it for you. The hired accounts are obvious, though. I have to tell you. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's always the same basic flavor of impersonal sort of, you know. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And and those are going to be, so if you're thinking, well, I'm going to do this, Tim, but I'm just going to basically give my credit card number to somebody and they're going to start pumping out all the social media content. I would suggest that you just go back to the second option, which was just creating profiles and basically keeping it. So you just post now and then, um, because if you start spending money to create content, to have someone else put up sort of statutory content that's really boring and blah. Well, don't you stop looking at that after a while? It's actually going to work against you. That's my point. Yeah. And and on top of that, you've spent money to get it to work against you. Right. And it'll work against you because it's just going to make you seem very unoriginal, kinda uncreative. Lazy. It kind of lazy. Right. Exactly. So those are your options from today. But we're going to get into the weeds uh, about what else you well, should be talking about. Let me rewind just, just a step because one of the things that you just said was build the profiles. I, I have to say, please... Finish your profiles. Yeah. Actually post pictures of yourself. Actually uh, fill out the profile questions. Where'd you go to school? That kind of stuff. And have all the profiles be identical too. Exactly. Because, I mean, what do you think when you – we research agents all the time because Mm -hmm. they're joining our coaching program. Or they're joining our EXP group. Exactly. So you you Google them, find out, you know, who is this person I'm about to call, and you get one of those shadow profiles. And there's like one sentence. And then you look at the last time they posted it, it was like 2019. Doesn't that kind of make you think, well, I don't know how active this person really is. Like, you're not really giving me anything. You might as well not have had a profile at all. So let me tell you about that because I've thought about that too. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of major influential, um, I don't know, we can call them influencers. We can call them leaders. We can call them whatever they are. Mm -hmm. They have social profiles Mm -hmm. but post like three times a year. Yeah. And I can think of people that um, I follow, that Mm -hmm. you follow, Mm -hmm. that just for, you know, famous authors and things like that, they hardly ever post Mm -hmm. because they don't want to participate in it. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. All I'm saying is if you're going to try to get something out of those those platforms to not just kind of dabble with it. If you're going to do profiles, make your profiles mean something. All a profile is is basically a setting up like um, your name is going to the directory to use old school language, right? That's all it is. Your name, your phone numbers, use the same phone number, use the same name, use the same forms of communication, use make everything very, very consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much if that's the baseline of what you're going to do, that's what we would do. This you know, really, at the end of the day, again, social media is something that's designed to be social, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? 
And that implies that it's not real work, I, a.k.a. social, opposed to, say, work media. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. I don't as we think were... that would survive if you actually called it work media. No, right? it wouldn't. <laughs> and, and, good, and something else that's kind of worth mentioning, just because of all the political hoo-ha and boo-ha-ha yeah. and mm-hmm. silliness. Um, and social media is not good or bad. There's no intrinsic good or bad. It's not malevolent. There's nothing There's nothing inherently nothing baked into it. Uh-uh. It's how you use it. And it's what you choose to consume from it. And they talk about all these sort of, you know, mystical algorithms that are somehow reading your mind and brainwashing you into believing all these yeah. insidious horriblenesses about blah, 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 blah. That's none of it's true. If you get something on any of your social media feeds that you don't like, uh, unfollow the person who posted it and or just tell the algorithm by saying no more of content like this. And it doesn't take but maybe two or three notifications or uh, interacting with it for it to stop actually sending you posts like that. So if you're getting a bunch of garbage, it's probably because you're looking for a bunch of garbage and reading a bunch of garbage. So don't be manipulated into thinking that social media is intrinsically bad. It's not. It is a, essentially a very effective sure. communication tool. Well, it's no different than, you know, how many cable channels do people have now? 800? Yeah. And you're flipping through and you see something you don't want to see. You don't go back to that channel, right? You just you skip it. You delete it. You decide not to follow that. It, it's just a different type of media. It was pretty funny, I have to say, though. And now I hope we're not saying pol- political because we're breaking one of our own rules if we are. But it was pretty funny, Julie, on that 60 Minutes thing with the mm-hmm. 60 Minutes whistleblower about Facebook, right. how she was saying how they look, they create subject lines and titles that are intentionally designed for you to click. And the algorithms give preference when it sees a bunch of people clicking on titles that are particularly salacious. It's going to give people more of that. And it's going to incentivize the system and people to more content yeah. creators to create more blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, isn't that exactly what cable news has been doing like Forever. forever? Well, how about even before that? How about newspapers? Exactly. I mean, it's just another form of media. That's it. it. Yeah, but it's so hilarious to I see know. people like, uh, oh my conspiracy gosh, conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories. They're yeah. newspaper. Guys, trust me, none of this stuff is new. This is essentially a battle between old media and new media. Don't participate in it. Just see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, use it for however you want to use it. Um, for many of you, it's going to be a enhancement to what you're doing or what you should be doing, which is proactive lead generation, it's certainly not going to be a replacement. By the way, we do have available, I think, 17 or 18 free coaching calls uh, spots available this week. If you want one with one of our new member coaches, just coach the word Harris, H-A-R-R, well, it's the name. Coach, uh, text, text the name Harris to 47372. Text the name Harris to 47372. And you will not only get an opportunity to speak with one of our new member coaches, but you're also going to be available, or you're also going to get a download of our real estate treasure map, which is our fill in the blank business plan, which is definitely something all of you guys should be completing in fourth quarter of this year in preparation for next year. In the meantime, we want to thank you for continuing to make this the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the world. Oh, by the way, Mm-hmm. We are now number one in education in Barbados. Hey, cool. <laughs> <laughs> neighboring island. It, it's funny. I when you look in the stats, you that can see funny. where you rack because we're in the education section, mm-hmm. which is incredibly competitive. Mm-hmm. But to see where we are numerically in the education, like sometimes in the United States, we're like number 33, like yeah. of all podcasts in education. That's and sometimes good. we're like 247. Mm-hmm. But in some of these uh, countries where Maybe there's probably saturated with it. where there's probably like 14 yeah. people that listen to podcasts, we're like always number, <laughs> number one. one. So we're number one in all co- corners of the, of the world when it comes to education. And, and shout I, out to Barbados. Yeah, shout out time. to Barbados. That's right. We certainly appreciate it. You guys have a fantastic day and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.